Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. When I hosted with Dan also, he said to me, is this the first time you've been on this with me? And I said, yeah, I don't remember if I've ever been here before. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, somebody on social media was like, no, don't you remember when you were on and Jay was asking you about your Honda Civic? And then, yes, it all came <laughs> flooding back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we had a great time. Yeah, we talked about your Honda Civic. Right. Let's get into Civic talk. Mm-hmm. Hedger was always, because I was driving the car when I was working mm-hmm. with Hedger. Right. And she always said, man, on right, you must be very calm confident person. (laughs) (laughs) Several of us at TSN have the same accountant. Okay? Oh. He looks like Santa Claus. But he looks like Santa Claus if Santa Claus worked at Tommy Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Like the island shirts. Right. With prints on them. But sometimes, like, the prints will be like donuts. (laughs) Or sometimes the prints will be like nipples. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one I will remember. I will remember <laughs> <laughs> this podcast forever. <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. It is the Jay and Dan podcast for Monday, December the 7th, and we have special guest co-host Lindsay Hamilton with us this week. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. I'm shocked that you know not only what day of the week it is, but the correct date. Very impressed. I literally just looked at my phone. (laughs) And uh, joining us right off the top, a good, good friend of the entire Jay and Dan universe, and just a good friend of the country, just a good Canadian, good annex guy. Good Harvard Collegiate grad, good McMaster grad, lead singer of the biggest band in the land, Arkells. It's Max Kerman. Max, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great. Great intro. Thank you. I'm honored. Uh, what are you doing right now, my friend? Well, um, watching Monday Night Football, I gotta say. Um, we, we actually shot a little a fun, goofy, stupid little promo with the Bills, and the Bills are playing tonight, as we know. And because um, I bought, I got this vintage jacket. Um, it's like an early '90s Bills windbreaker. Oh man! And I think the Bills saw it. And whenever I post it, if I'm walking around on on Instagram, people always respond in the DMs like "Go Bills!" Like they they respond to this Bills jacket like nothing else we've ever done. <laughs> and like random cool guys in Toronto like stop their bike in the, in the middle of the day and like pull over and are like point at me and like nice sick Bills jacket. So. Um, <laughs> So we made a little goofy video uh, of, of us just changing into different Bills gear. Uh, so, so I'm watching the game tonight and thinking about the Bills. That's what's going on. Did Max, you, oh, sorry, oh. I got a 49ers retro jacket recently. So mm. maybe we need to have a jacket off. Here we Whoa. Well, well maybe the 49ers <laughs> will reach out to you and, and you can do a little thing for them. There you go. Uh, before we get to the jacket off, though, are you a Bills fan, Max Kerman? I am a Bills fan. I mean, I feel like that's probably the go-to team in, in Southern Ontario. And a, sure. lot, a lot of people have made the pilgrimage, you know, uh, to Buffalo uh, to go see a game on a Sunday. And i got I got to give a shout-out to our boy, Tim Oxford, our drummer. He, uh, in the last maybe two years ago, moved to uh, Port Erie, which right. is the border town there next to Buffalo on the Canadian side. And uh, he lives on Pound Avenue, not to give away too much, but <laughs> Pound Ave Posse. They love, 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 love the Bills. And they tailgate every Sunday, and that is that has become a big part of Tim's life. 
So, um, so Tim, Tim is also very excited about the affiliation. He's a diehard. Listen, Max, we can't give away any more than we've already given away when it comes to Tim Oxford. We gave away his email address on this podcast when he <laughs> appeared on this podcast. And it was a complete accident. We just said, is it Tim Oxford at Hotmail.com? And he's like, actually, yes, it is. So, it is. It yeah. totally is. <laughs> <laughs> and he is changing it now. But here's his cell phone number. No, <laughs> now, uh, this is an interesting connection, uh, Max, because Lindsay believes that she has interviewed you before. Is that right, Lindsay? A couple of times. So, Max, both you and I went to McMaster University. You were ahead of me. But I have seen you perform many a time at Mac, some welcome weeks. I saw a few super crawl shows. Well, and I, where were you before um, TSN? So before, well, it was many places, CBC right before, but way back in the day, I was the community outreach coordinator for CFMU. That is the oh, local McMaster campus the community campus radio station. station. Yes. And we interviewed you a couple times. I have to say, your super crawl performance, I think it was, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, but the power went out. Oh, my God. And everything yeah. went black. I don't, you probably remember this. And then the Arkells just rallied everyone got the crowd going, rally and it cry. was as if nothing had ever happened. It was the you original what? rally cry. It was amazing. The, the story behind that um, is basically, it's uh, kind of out of a movie. So the, the busiest super crawl at the street festival in Hamilton uh, on James Street, which is kind of like the young street uh, of Hamilton, and it was packed uh, to the brim, and uh, the third song in, we get everybody kind of to jump together at the same time, and then all of a sudden we realize the power has gone out, and our sound engineer kind of had to like make his way through the crowd and plug the thing back in. So it's basically a cord going from the, <laughs> from the stage to the to the sound engineer, and somebody unplugged it, and that took the whole thing out. That and it is like just a mosh pit of people. Like kudos to yeah. that sound engineer that he made it there alive. Oh God, it's going to be stressed out just thinking about it. Yeah, but he, he figured it out. It's a very Canadian thing, though, that he was able to actually do that and get through. Like somebody, you know, like. Canadians just parted their way, yeah, so you, could, exactly. you know, very polite. So, what's going on with you guys, my friend? Uh, this is such a weird time to be in a band. Is that the understatement of 2020? Yeah, it, it, it's been a obviously strange year because we spend most of our time on the road touring. We've been good though. You know, I I, I had a conversation with the band's accountant uh, the other day because <laughs> we had to um, go to his office to sign a bunch of vinyls because we made this Campfire Chords record earlier in the year and we used their boardroom to sign. 2000 vinyl. Um, and I asked him, I was like, David, you don't have to give me names because I know they work with a lot of big acts. And I said, like, how are we doing this year compared to everybody else? He said, oh, no one's doing anything. You guys have done everything. <laughs> you guys have been fine. <laughs> well, there so you go. So I told my mom that on Sunday. I was, I was visiting my mom. I was like, mom, the accountant said we're doing more than anybody. <laughs> and uh, she was very, she's never been more proud, I think. She, so she was happy with me. But, um, yeah, we were uh, able to make this acoustic record. Uh, the one sort of timely thing that we can talk about is usually around this time of year, early December, we think about recording a Christmas song. And then by then, it's obviously too late. So back in <laughs> August, um, Amazon reached out, said, if you want to do a Christmas song, we'd love for you to be a part of our, our Amazon original series. But you have to record it now if you want it to be out kind of in November, December. Like, okay. So we wrote the song, which is based on a true story, uh, of the 12 pubs of Christmas that my friends and I uh, partake in every year in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, and the song is called Pub Crawl. And uh, we we wrote the song. It's an original Christmas song. It kind of is like Springsteen meets the Beatles meets Queen. It's very stupid. 
but it's kind of a banger. We're very, very proud of it. <laughs> and um, that song just came out uh, a few weeks ago, and this is a bit of a scoop. Oh. When is this podcast coming out, by the way? It'll what, be what? out uh, midnight uh, tonight. So Okay, well, yeah. because, uh, Jay, you're a dear friend, I'm going to give you a little scoop. I love this. I'm we've, uh, we've been, uh, we, we made a, a sneaky music video for it. That oh. will be dropping um, uh, on Wednesday. And um, we are going to be, I'm not going to give away anything more than it's Home Alone inspired. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, I love that. Are you Macaulay Culkin, perhaps? <laughs> kind of. I kind oh. of am Macaulay Culkin in this video. Okay. So yeah. did you did you go full on with the shave and the, uh, the aftershave <laughs> yep. and... The shocked um, expression. There's a specific scene that you'll you'll reference. That okay. Will reference that you'll, you'll, okay. You'll pick up. On I'm that. looking forward to that. So that that comes out Wednesday. Yeah, and you know what? I want to give a shout out. Uh, you know, there's so many uh, bars and music venues mm-hmm. that are having a hard time right now. Um, there's a place in Toronto, Queen and Augusta, just west of Bathurst, called Drome, D R O M, and they were very gracious and they hosted us uh, and our small little gorilla crew filming this video and uh they're open for uh curbside pickup for booze and some and some food some to-go food so shout out to them if you can support your local bar you should go do that man it's like that's what i feel like it's my mission in life right now to to post as much as i can about all the bars and restaurants we live around max because they it's just got to be such a devastating time for them i mean tough for bands tough for kind of anybody i guess right now yeah, you know what? I was, there's, there's like a couple. Every it's hard for everybody. There's a couple demographics that I think are doing okay. Like I have some friends that are new dads, like brand new dads, and I think they're sneakily kind of happy about this. <laughs> and I kind of resent them for it because I always had the upper hand because I was always feeling that I was like, oh, they're stuck at home, they can't do anything fun. Mm. But now they're kind of laughing right now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It actually but, makes uh, sense. But outside of that, everybody's having a hard time. I, I was saying this, that to Lindsay coming in. Like, we, uh, our son, kind of the end of his mat leave or my wife's mat leave was right when this started. So we just went right from mat leave to what is essentially an extended mat leave because we, yes, don't, exactly. we, we don't leave our home. Um, <laughs> this is perfect for you. <laughs> I, I know. You're exactly. loving isolation. I don't notice anything. Um, another thing that happened uh, recently, Max, it was your birthday last Monday. So happy birthday. Happy belated. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, it was a quieter birthday. Um, but it was, you know, I'll take what I can get. Well, my friend, uh, our manager, Ashley, and my friend, Matt, they arranged a little massage. So I got a massage. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a podcast, a uh, Bell Media podcast, I should say, with uh, a couple of friends, uh, Mike and Shane, with the Mike on Much podcast. And they surprised me with uh, Kyle Dubas. He, uh, he hopped on the pod, and he, he's a friend. And he, he kind of roasted me for about five straight minutes, uh, which was awesome, <laughs> uh, which I enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, otherwise, it, it was pretty low-key. But I, I, my friends will say every day is my birthday. So, like, I act like every day is my birthday. I kind of do whatever I want. So, well, uh, yeah. it's funny you say that, Max, because I the, the one thing that I was delighted about that it was your birthday last Monday is that it was two days after my son's birthday. Mm. And I thought... If like so, that means they must be born under the same sign, right? Like in my mind, I right. actually went to You'd that, assume. and I found out that that isn't in fact true. You're both Sagittarius. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
So I, I just wanted to uh, read some characteristics of the typical Sagittarius-born person and okay. just ask you if this, if you think <laughs> this applies to you, Max. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to go through, through some positive ones first, and then maybe we'll take it down a little bit at the end. <laughs> pump his tires first, though. Okay, so we're gonna, yeah, we're going to pump your tires first. But the reason I, I'm excited about, well, I'll t- I'll, we'll talk about that later. So here we go. Okay. Here's the first one. Optimistic and freedom-loving. Well, I feel like mm. you already confirmed that. Yep. Bingo. Check. That sounds very much like Max, yes. Jovial and good-humored. Mm, I would say so. Honest and straightforward. Generally, yeah. I mean, you're not going to tell us if you're not, so... <laughs> yeah, the con man move right there, yeah. Uh, and intellectual and philosophical. Intellectual and philosophical. I like to think I am, but I don't know if I am. So okay. I might be a fake one of those. But I sure. think you're philosophical. As someone who knows you a little bit, I think you are very philosophical. I can't speak to your intellect. I don't have your <laughs> transcripts from Mac or Harvard Collegiate. <laughs> kind of like B-minus stuff. But okay. Yeah. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, that makes you intellectual then. Okay. Okay. Here's the somewhat, so not negative, but here's the other I'm side of the spectrum. To be honest. Yeah. Blindly optimistic and careless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't look at <laughs> I an get email to know, yeah. I can't look at an email longer than, like, literally three sentences. And if numbers are involved, I'm out. So, okay. yeah, that, that sounds about right. Blindly optimistic. Well, it's kind of the same when you were talking to your accountant, right? I mean, he exactly. just had to say you're doing good, and you're, you take that as... <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm like, Dave, thumbs up or thumbs down? He's like, yeah, oh, thumbs up. I'm like, all right, good. Okay, yeah. this one's a little tougher. Irresponsible and superficial. Ooh, irresponsible and superficial. I think I'm kind of responsible. I mean, here's the thing, though, Jay. I am a, a singer in a rock and roll band, right. so I have to be a little vain, right? Yes. Things, a, I have to be a little superficial. It so would be somewhat maybe, maybe disappointing right. if you weren't a little si- right? superficial. Sort of the, Comes with a job. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You, you can't get one without the other, right? Now, this one, I don't know. This is the last one, by the way. Tactless okay. and restless. I mean, restless. This is getting a little mean, this Jay. This harsh. Tactless. I don't, I don't think that applies, but Ooh, you tell me. You know what, though? I'll say this. is um, I am a little restless for sure. And, um, you know, I hang out with our manager, Ashley, all the time. And she, she makes sure I'm not tactless. She, she checks me sometimes to make mm-hmm. sure that, uh, that I'm not, you know, taking any big swings that are ill-advised. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm at least smart enough to know that I need her around a lot. <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. Sure I'm not an idiot. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. She's an amazing person. Okay, so that makes me feel... The reason, you know, all these things are really positive in, in my mind, other than the tactless, you know, it makes me feel good about... I hope my son turns out to have a personality like yours, Max. Now, like, how old is your son, Jim? He's two now, so it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Still you know, early days. Yeah, yeah, it's early days. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Now, as it turns out, Max... Lindsay and I were born under the same sign. We were both mm. we were both Virgos. So I'm just going to list off a couple of oh, traits no. here. Okay. <laughs> and Max, you can chime in if you think this applies to me. So right off the top, modest and shy. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm either of those. Maybe modest on occasion, but depends what day you catch. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, m- meticulous and reliable. Ah, not so much I'd meticulous. Say you're reliable. I can't speak to if you're meticulous or not, though. Lindsay, how about you? I'd say reliable, meticulous, eh, sometimes. Perfectionist, though, I guess, so kind of, maybe. Well, it's funny you say I always hear that about uh, Virgos. There's that perfectionist sort of streak. Um, I don't know if I I qualify. Practical and diligent. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you must, you, you guys most uh, must be those things, uh, yeah. diligent because you know you you both had great careers, and that that requires you to be practical and pragmatic and mm-hmm. diligent. You guys are good workers. See, That's this it. is Max's optimistic Sagittarius, right? Side, the overly optimistic out. guy helping us out. <laughs> this like is it. helping us out, and then for the for the right. ones that are on the bad, hit me. Let's hear them. Fussy and a worrier. Fussy and a worrier. I would say that I'm not much of a worrier. To be yeah, are you a worrier? I I can worry. I don't worry as much as I used to, but I think my nature is to be a worrier. I do think that. It probably and increased when you had kids too. I would imagine. I think it decreased. Actually. Oh really? Because You're I like, feel nah, like whatever. Happens, they're alive. Happens. They're fine. Good. Um, fussy. That sort of lends to the perfectionist nature. I, I think a little bit. Oh, maybe. Right? Maybe overcritical and harsh. Yeah. I think most people in TV tend to be a little overcritical, probably. Yeah. That's why I no one likes that. watching I don't know if you're back. harsh, though. Yeah, maybe not. But ask producer Tim, Max. He might. <laughs> he he might was change. crying last night. Yeah. He got very emotional. He's very upset. A perfectionist and conservative. So they actually have perfectionist on the negative side of things. Okay. Okay. Huh. That makes sense. Fair enough. So we all took a bit of an ego hit, but we all have some uh, redeeming qualities, too, I guess. I think, we laughed, we learned. Yeah. Like, do you think, the reason I wanted to bring that up, Max, is because I find that generally, and it's so weird, like, I don't know if I believe in this sort of thing, but I do find that I do have some characteristics that match with other Virgos. Like, do you find that with, with the, your fellow Sagittarii? Yeah, Sagittarius. That sounds right to me. Do we have a fact checker at the end of the yeah. show? <laughs> Is Stoff going to check that for us? No. You know, it, it, I, it seems like it's all hocus pocus stuff, right? Like, right. it seems like whenever anybody starts talking about the stars and your signs, I just start rolling my eyes immediately. But when you read these things, you go, ah, it's kind of true. Yeah. So, you know, from my experience, there hasn't been too many times where someone says something where I'm like, that doesn't match up at all. It always kind of works. Exactly. So, See, I don't guys, know if it's like a fortune teller trick or what, but that, yeah, that's exactly it. And and Stoff has confirmed it is Sagittarius. Oh wow, learned it's something not, new today. It's not Sagittarii, mm. as I tried to shoehorn. See, as much as I loved that learning experience, I am totally against horoscopes. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm against them too. I don't believe in them, but they right. are. But they're fun. Right yes. Yeah. Because I feel as though if I were to open up like the newspaper, you know, people have. The apps that tell you and i yeah. could read i could read max i could be a sagittarii since we know that mm. is an official word yeah and if i didn't know the header i would think that is as much as what's going to happen to me and describe me as the other one but i'm more describing the traits i'm talking about the the traits like the intellectual right. traits the the things that we tend to do you're not you're not buying it i don't buy it no it. Well, i don't see the skeptic. difference that's fair I'm that's a big fair skeptic. yeah i like it i mean it's good to have different opinions this makes the world <laughs> go around well speaking of opinion, opinions max before we let you go i asked you uh for three albums that came out this year and you can pick campfire chords i certainly have no problem with that um three albums that came out this year maybe uh that you that really stood out to you or that you really enjoyed or that you listened to most so we're going to go around the table here because Lindsay's done the same thing and i've done the same thing okay so Good. max maybe we start with your first one what's your first one okay uh, i'm gonna start with the morning album because there's sort of like a couple different modes you can be in you know the morning i, I like it. To up, mellow stuff things to write emails to read the news to so I'm going to say uh, Dawes, Good Luck With Whatever, which oh. is uh, a terrific record. It's Very a LA, nice. LA uh, folk rock kind of outfit. They're sort of a band's band. 
they backed up Jackson Brown, right? And Bright Eyes and uh, Connor Oberst, and yeah, they're they're awesome. I could see you totally being into those cats. They're very like um, Laurel Canyon kind of redux, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. Jackson Brown. The fact that they're a Jackson Brown backup band makes so much sense in a universal music kind of way. Totally. Uh, okay, that's an excellent pick, Lindsay. That's a good pick. I'm going to start off with. The one I was telling you about, so the Dixie Chicks, now yes. known as the Chicks, yep. they put out the album Gaslighter, and there's a lot of personal details in that album. They uh, talk about their ex-husbands and right. some fidelities that were going on, but the lyrics in it, the writing, top-notch. Right, because Natalie Maines, she's the, the main, uh, right, singer? There's a song called Tights on My Boat, and it talks mm. about some tights that were found. Oh, man. Natalie. Yeah, it's it's just the way that they write without giving away too many details, sure. but it gets you thinking, and then they write a really great song to their sons, and as they're becoming men, and just a wonderful album. I. Mm. What do you think of, uh, of them, Max? What are your thoughts on Oh, I, you, well, listen, uh, I'm Not Ready to Make Nice is one of the all-time great songs. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm a fan of Jack Antonoff and Bleachers. I know Jack made that record. Right. Recent Chicks record. Um, yeah, one, one little music trivia moment. Um, I've been thinking about it. In that song, I'm Not Ready to Make Nice, there's basically like an orchestra breakdown in the middle of the second verse before the second chorus. It's never been done before or since. Listen hmm. to that song. It's a hmm. massive song. But basically the structure of, of this pop song goes completely off the rails in the best possible way. So basically, usually an instrumental break might happen after the second chorus in the bridge area. But this is in the middle of the second verse. It just goes into this crazy orchestra section, and hmm. it's awesome. I think so, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. You know what I'm I do love that part of the song. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. What about you, Jay? Well, well, I just want to finish up on the chicks. Hmm. You remember that Casey Musgraves album came out, Golden Hour, came out a couple Love years ago, record. right? You really liked that record, and everyone loved it. It was on mm. the top of uh, a lot of year-end uh, yeah. best-ofs. That album reminded me of a Dixie Chicks album in a good way. In a good way. Okay. Um, like good writing, you know, it was, it was country, it was pop, but it wasn't too much of one or the other. And I always thought, uh, the, I'm just going to call them the Dixie Chicks. It's just I know. That's, I, hope that's I okay. refer to them that way too. I always thought the Dixie Chicks got such a raw deal because they, they stood up to George W., right? Mm -hmm. And they, mm -hmm. they were very outspoken. Natalie Maines was very outspoken. And then... I don't know if it was Nashville, Max, you know better th about this than I do, but I don't know if it was Nashville kind of turned their backs on them or whatever, but it seemed like their careers just kind of stalled after that happened. Um, and I, th I just thought they got a raw deal for that because they're all they do is write hits. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. All they do is write hits. Okay, so for me, I'm going to start off uh, with uh, another Canadian group uh, called Kiwi Junior. Oh, yes. Yes, so yes, yes. These guys are um, they're from Atlantic, Canada. And they now Prince live in Edward Island. Yes, PEI. Right. And they and they are now living in Toronto, and just a great bunch of guys. And their music is. I'm a huge Pavement fan. I love mm. the band Pavement, and that's one of my favorite bands ever. And and they sound like a modern day Pavement to me. They sound like uh, like Sebado. They're just '90s indie rock and great lyrics. Very clever, smart. So they their album Football Money. Kind of came out last year, but officially came out this year. That's what I'm citing. But they have another album coming out, uh, I believe, this December. 
I'm going to look it up while you guys, while Max uh, tells us his second album. But anyway, would highly recommend it. Excellent record uh, if you like that kind of uh, mid-90s indie rock kind of style. And and for context, uh, to make it a little bit more wide, uh, is that two of the members uh, are in Always. That's right. That's right. And and Always, obviously, is one of the great Canadian success stories of the last few years. Um, But Alec and Brian, I've known those guys forever. Alec was a guitarist in a band from Prince Edward Island called Two Hours Traffic, who I love and adore. Um, And we toured with them, and we've known them forever. So uh, I remember talking to... Alec and Brian years ago, just as always, was getting off the ground, and they said, "Oh, we got this other thing, Kiwi Junior, and, <laughs> and, and it's excellent." So, yeah, they're, they're, they only make excellent music. And and that's uh, such an excellent point you just made there, Max. And also, I should mention, they just signed with Sub Pop, which is such yeah. a cool label uh. out of Seattle. That was Nirvana's original label. Uh, so, so their new album is on Sub Pop, and it's called Cooler Returns. Cooler Returns. And that's very out cool. uh, very soon. So there you go. Max, what's your second record? Second record. Okay, I was um, in the car driving my mom around on Sunday. We were all masked up and with the windows down, I'll note. And um, <laughs> we, uh, we were listening to Dua Lipa's uh, latest record. Now, um, Dua Lipa, obviously, British pop star. Uh, and what I love about her album, it's, it's great sort of like evening sort of party music. Mm. Great. It's like 80s dance music, basically. Love it. And, and it is um, just spectacular pop songwriting. You know, you, there's a lot of pop stars out there. Uh, my issue with many of them is that they kind of mess around and don't do kind of what they're meant to do, which oh. is, is, is write timeless, great songs. Sometimes... They go off in weird, arty directions that maybe is personally satisfying, but for me, I want sort of like hit you over the head bangers. Yep. And what I love about Dua Lipa is that I think because she's new enough in her career that she's not messing around. Um, and I think that if you are interested in learning more, you need to listen to this podcast, Song Exploder, which is the best podcast about music there is. There are 15-minute episodes. And each episode is about one song and one artist and how they wrote it. And so a recent episode uh, features Dua Lipa and her producer, who goes by the name of Cause, Stephen Kozinski. I'm getting his last name wrong a little bit, who is a Toronto guy. He's, he's Toronto, and he's done a bunch of pop records up here. He's since moved down to L.A. and is working with the best of the best. And they talk about how they wrote one song, Levitating, which is her latest single, and Love that song, when by you, the way. When you listen to that podcast, you go, okay, these, these are a bunch of geniuses at work uh, creating this thing that will you know, transcend time and be played at every sort of nightclub uh, for the next 10 years. I showed it to my mom. She's like, oh, this song will live forever. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, so the whole record is really, really good. And actually, Song Exploder is such a great podcast. It really is. That it got turned into a Netflix show. So the, there are four episodes up right now featuring R.E.M., Losing My Religion, uh, Alicia Keys song, uh, a few others, and um, the Dua Leap episode is going to turn into video form very oh. shortly. I think December fifteenth. So, oh, cool! Yeah, so there's a lot, lot to dig into there. But I, I'm, I'm just a real, real big fan of hers and, and that album. I heard the uh, Lindsey Buckingham on Sonic Song Exploder did "Go Your Own Way," and it was so, yeah, it was so cool because you think, especially a band like Fleetwood Mac, and maybe it's a little bit like you guys, Max, like the way he brought something to the table and, and he acknowledged the contributions of every other member in terms of all the instrumentation. 
and how and he layered it uh, throughout the podcast. You know, he started with his guitar, obviously, and then he layered in mixed drums and layered in John McVie's bass, and it was he slowly built the song constructed it over the course of the podcast it was so fascinating yeah they they pull all the stems and the different parts of the songs and they isolate each track so you really get to admire each little part of the song and you you appreciate that much more okay i'm gonna confess something to you guys Mm -hmm. i i couldn't pick dua lipa out of a lineup and I don't know any of her songs. So, Levitating, the one Max mentioned, great hit. I, you need a pump-up jam before work? No, if she... if I listen if to it, kids I kid you Bob, not, if on my kids way. If Kids Bop has done Dua Lipa songs, then I know of her songs. <laughs> but I only know them as kid, Kids Bop songs. Fair. You're either listening to Indie Rock or Kids Bop. <laughs> There's no in-between. Falls into two that categories. That is absolutely 100% correct. I'm highly debating my second album. I was going to go one way. Ooh, do we have a little... Wait, can we play a little bed? There here? it is. There. Love it. Here it is. Talks, talks about this part. This, is, this was my drive-in. You got the clap there. Way to go. So, Jay, how could you listen to this? How much of this can we, can we keep playing this? Are we limited? Yeah. <laughs> stop, I should talk over it, is what you're saying now? Our producer right now, Max, is like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if we can. <laughs> Roll the dice. I got yeah. you. And by the way, Max, Lindsay's a fantastic singer. I, mean, I can hear I don't know right if now. I quite... I mean, we're stop. talking to a professional here, so... Uh, I was going to go one way with my second album, but because we just talked about levitating, and I think of, like, a good jams that I listen sure, to my way yeah. to work, I'm going to switch my second choice. I'm going to go Kygo Golden Hour. Because yeah. it had such great dance tunes, like they had Higher Love. And if there was ever a moment in 2020 that I needed a really good, like, pump up, yeah. just get into an optimistic mood, get out of my funk, I would throw in a Kygo tune and just feel good. Uh, Max, are you a Kygo guy? Uh, I, I can't say I know the Kygo catalog deeply, but I'm sure I've heard. Oh, did, did you do the Higher Love remix? Is that Kygo? Yes, that's, that's Higher Love. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, no, that's uh, no, that, that's some good. Well, you know, I think you got to think about music for uh, you know every you know time and day. So, mm-hmm. like, are you working out? Are you are you having your morning coffee? Are you going for a walk? Are you, like where where does it live in your life? And and Kygo definitely lives in like you know you're working out or you're getting drunk. One or the other. <laughs> well, I'm usually very much like an indie folk type of listener, but mm-hmm. to me, that's I think in 2020 I listened to a lot of Kygo because huh. a it was the workouts or yeah. b you know, as you said, today like is Monday, December enhancer. the 7th, and I was a little bit shocked that you knew because every day almost right. feels, feels the, same, the same, and you yeah. need to press reset. You need to kind of have a party because you've been by yourself for 14 days. <laughs> you enough. throw on a tune, and you're ready to go. I think that's, a little better. I think that's a good philosophy, actually. <laughs> I think that's good. Okay, for my second one, uh, I'm going to take a little detour, go back to the Strokes. The Strokes uh, have been around for 20 years now. And they put out uh, a record this year um, that I think is their uh, bottom line, at least their third best record. And the big thing about this record, um, Stoff, can you play a song called The Adults Are Talking? That's the first song on the record. And the thing I like about this record is Rick Rubin produced it, Max. And uh, I didn't know that. And Rick Rubin, you know, is a polarizing figure as a producer um uh some people i think thinks he think he uh, adds uh, to the process maybe other people's think uh, other people don't don't feel that way but i actually think he is a perfect producer for this band because the lead singer julian casablancas who is the primary songwriter 
was definitely taking both The Strokes and his other band, The Voids, in a bit more of an electronic, fun dimension, but not pure rock and roll. And I think what Rick Rubin has done is sort of stripped everything back. So you really hear both. They have great two great guitarists in The Strokes, and you really hear them. If you listen to this record on headphones, you can really hear the interplay between the two mm-hmm. guitars. And... Julian Casablancas, uh, yeah. right? He has a better voice than I think people think he does. He's got an amazing voice. And uh, so, yeah, this is a record. I'm like blanking on the actual name of the record, as you can probably have guessed, because I haven't called. Said, yeah. But here, I'll, I'll look it up. As uh, so, there did, you go. Did you go see them last year at Mudstage? No, I did not because I was working. Oh, the new Abnormal is the name of the, the new record. Abnormal. Yeah, there's a. <laughs> I went to the show. I'm a big Strokes fan. I love the Strokes, and. It was exactly everything you want a stroke show to be. It was like, probably like 40% of it was them not giving one care about (laughs) being there. Like, they did not care at all. 40%. And then 30% of the show is them like, kind of looking like they're having a good time. So we're up to 70. And then... There, and then there's another 20% of, the, of it just sort of all falling apart, where it's like they don't even know what the next song is that they're playing. <laughs> they're kind of like talking to each other between songs, sort of thing. what do you guys want to do next? They're completely unorganized. <laughs> and then 10% of it was like blissful, magic, transcendent musical chemistry all happening at once. Because, when, because what makes the strokes exceptional is and you probably saw it you know you see on the they really bring it when, when it comes to their like late night performances and they were just on snl for sure when when the band is really locked in and the two guitars are working in tandem together and the drums and bass are leaning in together and julian cares you're like oh there's nothing better than this and so you're kind of waiting for that 10 percent. and when you get that 10 percent, it's so great but you also have to kind of get through the 40% of them not caring. But you also kind of love it, too, because it's just part of the experience. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you're, everything yeah. you said is, was perfectly articulated. They're a band. You're constantly chasing the highs that they achieved that you know they can achieve again. Because, again, I listen to this r- new record, and parts of it are as good as anything they've ever done. And you're like, yeah. okay, they're clearly capable of that. But for whatever reason, maybe it's a maybe it's the five guys. Maybe they they don't live close to each other anymore. Maybe it's just a different dynamic. It just doesn't always come together. And I think it's come together better on this record than it has in their last three or so. So yeah. I wanted to shout them out a little bit because I feel like maybe this wasn't uh, wasn't hurt as much as I hoped it would be this year. So Max, we, we're keeping you really late here, but one more record from me before we let you go. Oh, there's so many good ones. Uh, I'm gonna go with Heim, another uh, oh, yeah. female trio. Um, and um, they're awesome. They're, they, you know, obviously they're sisters. They're from LA. They, uh, the first two records are, are really good. The first one's really incredible. The second one I thought was a little bit of a drop off because it kind of got a little samey. So on the most recent album, they kind of sonically take a left turn, and it's not as sort of the shimmery pop that they had on the first two records. They kind of go a little bit more raw. And yeah, the songwriting is really good. Even even the songs at first that seem kind of underwhelming, when you hear it in its entire package, you go, "Oh, okay, they were onto something that I didn't quite understand in the beginning." But now that I've sat with the record for a month, I go, "Okay, like this is kind of genius stuff." And that's actually, I find, you know, some of the music that lasts the longest is the stuff that you don't necessarily understand at first, um, but then the more you listen to it, you you appreciate uh, its genius. So, That's a great uh, point. Yeah, Heim. I think it's Women in Music 
uh, is the name of the record. I think it's Amazing. Women Women in Music Volume. Here we go. We got it. They have great. Uh, they get great drum sounds, Max. I think their dad was a dr- a professional drummer. Oh, well, that's the, cool. the singer of the band Danielle, um, she plays the drums, and right. actually, the her partner is this guy Ariel Reichsteig, who's a producer. He's a young guy. He produced the last Vampire Weekend record. Right. And uh, they, what I love about the album is they're not afraid to make it sound kind of bad in a great way. Like, they're, instead of making the drums sound as big and polished as possible, they, they made them sound like kind of crunchy and lo-fi. Very intentionally, but it, but it adds to the vibe. Uh, she sings on a lot of that last Vampire Weekend album, doesn't That's she? That's right. She's yeah. all over it. She's yeah. all over it. Uh, she has a great voice. Okay, mm-hmm. Lindsay, you're up, buddy. Last one. <laughs> This is fun. This is fun. I'm really enjoying this, Max. Thanks I mean, I don't here. want to pump the tires of our guest, but mm-hmm. I did listen to your new album, Max, a lot this past year. And I think because, A, I love acoustic covers. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of your classics done acoustically. And there's so many memories of your songs tied into so many nostalgic events in my life. Like, ah. you know, when I, we talk about McMaster, like I remember going to your shows at Mac and those memories I had. And then, you know, you the mentions of Brandon Hall. I lived on the third floor of Brandon Hall, room 324. Come so, on, I was in 202. I was oh. actually just on a FaceTime call with my old roommate, Chris, who lives in Vancouver now, just, just before I got on this phone call. Amazing. So, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, and then whether it's like Quitting You, Years in the Making, there's like some good dance tunes on there, but it's taken a little slower, so very easy listening. But I thoroughly enjoyed the album. Ah, thank you. Hey, what, what years did you go to Mac? What, when were you there? Oh, gosh. I was there. I graduated 2012. So okay, you, so you're 2008 to 2012? I was mean? after the fire in Brandon Hall. For all those okay, listening, so there was we, a big fire in the residence. That was a, a bad year. Oh. Okay, so we were there. We, we were just been leaving 2004, 2008, but okay. we were hanging around Hamilton. So that, that's so funny. Yeah, our, our paths would have crossed. Well, thank you. I'm honored. That's uh, that's very cool of you to say. Yeah. Why why the uh, the acoustic album now, Max? Why like what what was the what went into that decision? Well, we we were in LA working on our next record in February, and at that point, it's probably about like you know seventy five percent done. Um, and then the pandemic hit and we said, okay, we don't want to put out an album and just see it kind of disappear if we can't go tour. And I, and you've been seeing that a lot, actually, unfortunately, it feels like a lot of, a lot of bands that put their heart and soul into an album, put it out this year. And because they didn't get to tour, it kind of just goes away. Um, so we put that aside and we thought, okay, what's something we can do from home? What's something we can do remotely? Well, we've been playing these songs acoustically for a long time. So we kind of had a, a roadmap of how it would go and how it might sound. Um, and it was just really kind of a, a bit of a make work project, but we've also known that our, our audience is, loves the acoustic versions. And so we're like, hey, you know, if there's ever a time similar to the Christmas song, if there's ever a time to do this. It's this year. Cause we actually have a bit of time. Typically we'd be touring and on the road and, uh, ended up being like a really fun project. And we actually, we just found out today that quitting you, which, which came out in July is, is the number one on. Canadian alternative radio right Yay. now it's the first week yeah nice. and, um, so months later um, we're, we're getting that news and, and like somebody just sent us um, a poster um, of the quitting you lyrics that was made for their wedding date so it's like it's even even the new song uh, you know has, has kind of taken on a life of its own so um, yeah that, that's why we did but we'll be we'll be coming back with like a, a full kind of rock and roll record in the new year. But uh, yeah, this, this felt like a very 2020, let's read the room, understand that nobody <laughs> can sweat on each other right now and yeah. do something a little more sweet. 
That's very smart. How how was it recording in L.A.? Did you uh, how was that experience? Oh, it was it was awesome. Uh, I mean, we're down there in February. I'd go to the local rec center up in Eagle Rock where we were living and recording, and I'd play against uh, all the dudes that seemed to be unemployed at 11 a.m. every single day. <laughs> those are just those are just screenwriters, Max. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, all the all the courts are branded with Clippers logos because. Um, because the Clippers have invested all their marketing money into into the public parks to make the courts really nice, which is you know because it's kind of a Lakers town. And uh, kind of. the funnest part was the two guys that we were recording with, Ryan and Tom, who are kind of awesome musicians, producers. Um, Ryan is from Boston, and he's like an insane Boston sports fan. Like you know, like the stereotype of like the nut bars that come from Boston. Like he is that guy. Nice. Uh, and and then Tom is from the Bay. And a huge Warriors fan. So every morning we just basically discussed what was on the NBA Reddit forum that we all read every morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it was, it was really fun. And we, we got a lot of uh, really good work done. So we're, we're excited to get that music out there eventually next year. But ne- um, yeah, That's the plan next year yeah. to get that one out. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Look forward to that very much. Okay. Very quickly, my last album. And I think I've talked to you about this album, Max. It's Waxahachie St. Yeah. Cloud. And it's I'm seeing it on the top of a lot of lists. So um, and this is an uh, artist named Katie Crutchfield, uh, and she's super talented. All her previous records. So she records under the name Waxahachie, and her previous records uh, had a bit more of a hard rock bent. And this one is um, not a, not a folk, but but definitely a little more country folk, a little more uh, a little more loose rock. Uh, the backing band is called Bonnie Dune. Uh, they're from Michigan, and just an incredible band. If you get a chance, check out their records. But um, she apparently was obsessed with the last Bonnie Dune record and just said, you guys want to record a record with me? Do you want to be my backing man? And they said, sure. And they did this record. It's called St. Cloud. It's a great record. So I would say that's maybe that's my morning record, Max. I don't know. Ah, very cool. That would be a good morning record. So there you go. I think those are all excellent choices by yeah, all three of us. There. This, I like it. We could do this we every year. We could publish year. this. We could do this every year. I think we might be onto something. I love this idea. Um, I think this sounds good. Max, we've kept you too long, and you're so kind to stick around with us. We're going to let you go. Uh, but just wanted to wish you a very happy holidays and New Year. And uh, and thanks for maintaining the positivity uh, throughout and uh, sometimes leaving cookies for me on my doorstep and <laughs> just making me uh, feel better uh, about myself. I really appreciate it, buddy. Hey, well, you do the same for everybody else, Jay. I mean that. And, uh, you know, it was great chatting with you both. And uh, hopefully we can do this in person. Great chatting with you, too. Looking forward to watching the Home Alone-inspired music video this <laughs> yes. week. I'll be watching. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Take care, Max. See you, Max. Bye. Bye. All right, there we go. Max Kerman, Arkells, what a nice guy. So we Stand-up guy. We were, we were going to have him on for 15 minutes. We had him for 45 minutes. That says something about the type of person he is. He is a good he dude. He just chats him for nearly an hour, and you yeah. wouldn't know. He's... And it's right now, Bill's 49ers tied at 7. I was going to let him know when 49ers were up 7 nothing. Right, you were going to gloat. But he's overly optimistic, and I thought that <laughs> might take a hit. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to mention it. That's fair. How did you become a 49ers fan? Well, I definitely grew up more in the CFL. So my dad was from Hamilton, so I grew up more of a Ticats fan. Nice. Um, we went to games and 
wash the tabbies, Oski Wee Wee, the whole nine yards. But nice. then my sister, she lived in San Francisco for a while. So when I was starting to get more into the NFL and watching NFL, I decided, okay, I'm going to make the 49ers my team just because the history, you know, Joe Montana, mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, everything like that, and the gold oh, yeah. rush and the history, and she was there. But believe it or not, I never actually got to go to a game when my sister lived in San Francisco. Oh, no. So now I feel like we got to make it a trip and go back one day. But yeah. You know, COVID times. We'll see yeah. if that's something we can put in the future. Yeah. And by the way, the bills just went up by a touchdown. Lovely. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm there's. Sorry. I'm going to steal some of Max's optimism, and uh, there's still plenty of game to go. Plenty of game. It's been go. a rough year. A lot of injuries. Yeah. I a mean, lot of injuries. Well, I our, our guy, John Lynch, I think, has them... He's done a great job with that team. All I things think considering. Just fine. Agreed. Um, that's a tough division, too. Yeah. Um, now tell me, I want to get a little bit. Uh, we don't have that much time, so we're gonna no. do we're gonna do the Coles Notes version. Lindsay Hamilton, this is your life. So you graduate from Mac in 2012. Yep. And then what what happens? Did you always want to get into? You didn't get into sports broadcasting right away. No. So I had a bit of an unorthodox path, but I guess everyone does in this industry. Like no one really goes A to B. You're kind of yeah. Tap dancing all over the place. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm one of five in the middle, two older siblings, two younger. Everyone was always super involved in sports growing up. I always loved sports and theater. Those were my two things. And right. I loved people, talking to people, storytelling, that whole thing. So I got involved in theater and film at a young age. And when I was about in grade seven, I started doing television. So my poor mother had to drive me all around the streets of Toronto with four other children to so, television auditions. Right, so you w- were auditioning for scripted work. Yeah, like various TV shows, that right. kind of thing. And then did that for a while. Heard a lot of no's, as yeah. is the industry. What is there something that we could see you in if we were to... Uh... You probably could, but I might not draw Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I just like I'm not going to give my email address away. And okay. you know what's happening there with your right. kills. Um, scratch that off. But when I was 18, um, a year after high school, I kind of got my first big break. So I became the host of the Family Channel. Right. And started out on a television show called Popcorn Picks. So it was very much entertainment. And it was interviewing like Disney and Family Channel stars. kind of. So did that for just over five years, I guess. So right out of high school. Right out of high school. So I took a year off, deferred all my university acceptances, focused on that. Then I decided, okay, I'll go to McMaster because I could play varsity lacrosse because I was playing lacrosse at the time. Well, simultaneously, I could still jump on the go bus, wow. whiz to Toronto and film. And we were filming throughout North America, but I could tell my profs, kind of get a week off here and there when wow. needed. So I was able to do those two at the same time. Wow, you're a hard worker, Lindsay Hamilton. I, I don't know. There's the good and the bad qualities of the Virgos. I think this <laughs> is all good. In there. Diligent. Uh, okay. All right. right. We'll take it. Uh, that's uh, meticulous, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Well, anyways, long story short, so it was kind of in university when I was doing that. And right. a light bulb went off and just how much I loved it. Like, I looked mm-hmm. forward to it. I loved interviewing people. I loved the industry. So I decided before I go to university, okay, this is what I want to do. I have my goal and let's make it happen. And it was about probably my second year of university that I decided I wanted to start veering into sports broadcasting. So I started a sports radio show, so worked in radio. And then after university and after Family Channel, I kind of tap danced all over the place. I worked for Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. I did work with the Marlies and Maple Leafs there. I did stuff with the Pan Am Games. And when you say work, what do you mean? Uh, so I did the in-arena hosting. So right. I was that person on the microphone yeah. in the middle of the ice, yeah. trying not to slip and fall on my face. And right. actually, this is a fun story. It's my very first day. Uh, I had never worn like proper 
TV shoes on ice. I'd worn skate on ice like most regular Canadians. Right. It's a lot harder than you think. There's not I too much traction. Literally never thought about it. Holding the microphone, I take two steps onto the ice surface. The entire team is standing on the ice in their skates, and I just go... Oh, my God. And hit my knuckles oh, into the microphone, into the ice, and essentially oh. had, like, bloody knuckles. So I had to swap the mic and hide my bloody knuckles during the interview. So oh. learn my lesson day one. Walk slowly right. and or, carefully. Or wear flat shoes or something. Or if I could have worn skates, that would have been a been big game too. saver. But, yeah, so worked the World Juniors, uh, worked CFL Grey Cup. Um did a bunch of writing, did production work. As you know how it goes, you kind of do a little bit of everything. And then after Pan Am Games, worked at CBC. So did coverage of the Olympics and everything there. And then from CBC... Did you go... Were you, now, what Olympics? Uh, that would have been Beijing. Beijing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was doing it from Toronto. Yeah. But it was kind of always a goal of mine to, to do the Olympics. So yeah. that was That's great then. Very cool. And did the morning show there. So... Morning hours to literally a complete 180 night hours at TSN. Yes. And I guess TSN, I've been here about four years now, just over four years. And you, uh, was it an audition? Did you have a, a demo here? Like, how did that all happen? Uh, so at CBC, I guess people at TSN had seen CBC. So they reached out and they said, hey, can you come in for an audition? Right. And it was essentially a mock Sports Center. Right. So came in, you know, wrote the on cams, did the highlight packs, did a little bit of a chat. Was that the way you auditioned for Sports Center too? Just if I didn't have to audition, Lindsay. <laughs> You're just we love you. Here is your contract sign. Correct. Well, I'm, I wasn't as big of a deal as you, Jay. No, I had to kidding. audition. I I'm, had to go through the process. I'm totally kidding. Actually, I <laughs> well, I was at the NHL Network hosting, mm-hmm. and there was a, uh, in the summer. I just said it was the first time I had nothing to do because in the summer they're like, "I'll just hang out. We'll see if they, we got some for you." They had nothing uh, after the NHL season had ended. So our boss, who's in charge of both the NHL Network and TSN at the time in terms of content, just said. I just said to him, I said, if you need me to fill in in the summer, just let me know. Because uh, I'm around. I'm literally doing nothing. So he like called me like two days later. He's like, yeah, come in. <laughs> so, so I just started doing the show. So and day one, you filled in. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, but, uh, but again, I had kind of been here, right? You'd, I was in this, in uh, right. the NHL network at the time was here at, at TSN. Well, I get the so impression kind of now there. there's a few more dress rehearsals than there used to be because you had zero dress rehearsals. Correct. I was able to watch one show. I came in, watched Jen and Dutch do a show. Right. Next night, you're up. Yeah. And now I hear about these like three week dress rehearsals. Oh, really? And I'm like, hold the phone. Oh, really? What? Who's getting three weeks? Jermaine? <laughs> no, Jermaine's a natural. He, day one, you're on the job. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, so I think. You so know, you audition and right away, just was like, they got back to you right away. They said, Hamilton, we need you here. I don't know if it was quite like that, but uh, yeah, I, I ultimately, I, you know, I love CBC too. It was a great gig there and I loved the people I was working with, but as you know, TSN's 24-7 sports it was always the dream. So I decided to make the leap. Make the leap. I love it. And That's I, great. And you've been doing lots of the 1 a.m. Eastern 10 p.m. Pacific show. I've been on that one for, I guess about two years now. Yeah. Because I used to do it with Natasha. Yeah. And then Kara. And Kara just left for her Matt, Matt leave, leave recently. Right. So, so it's kind of been a revolving door. I don't know who it's going to be, which right. is fun, though. You get to work with a lot of people that you don't otherwise get to yeah. do as many shows with, which I really enjoy. Yeah, it's me nice too. to catch up to people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you and I had never worked together until last night was our I first know. show. 
and it was great. And but yeah, it's because we're kind of isolated where we are. I I haven't worked with a lot. I've never worked with Kara. Um, uh, I've never worked with uh, um, Glenn Sheeler. I've never worked with Kelsey. There's quite a few people I haven't actually uh, worked with. So because you've been at TS, I know you obviously had a while when you went to the states, but like what, 15, 20 uh, years? Well, I think if you a include behind the scenes, when I was uh, a story editor uh, in when I was going to Ryerson, I've been here since uh, January '96. Oh, where were you in <laughs> January '96, Lindsay? Uh, I was probably learning how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> okay. All right, that's the Not podcast, to make you everybody. Feel old. <laughs> <laughs> That's the podcast. Um, we're going to end it there. <laughs> no, this is awesome. That was really fun having Max on. Man, that was great. He is. He's such yeah. a... What a good dude. Gifted musician, but a normal guy at the same time, right. if that makes sense. Oh, I know what I forgot to ask you. Yeah. Uh, what's your McDonald's order? Oh, my goodness. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I know I've uh, insinuated it before. Take your time on this one, by the way. Like, this is not me just trying to talk about our You're sponsor not to... i go to mcdonald's all the time right like the newsroom knows that i stop it's... there frequently right. i can tell you the three closest mcdonald's to the tsn studios yep my order fluctuates but the go-to classic is probably a kid's chicken mcnugget happy meal uh if i'm feeling very gluttonous i will replace the small drink which is usually chocolate milk for yeah. a chocolate milkshake <laughs> And triple thick. <laughs> triple, they're the triple delicious. Triple thick milkshake. And if I'm feeling extra gluttonous, maybe I'll throw on a McFlurry as well. Whoa. But usually we're sticking to the children. You get four McNuggets and a small fry. So it, you feel good still and it hits the spot. Right. Um, but those McNuggets. You love delicious. the nugs. You're, you're a fan of the nugs. I What's also your sauce? salads. Oh, sweet and sour. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the glut. When does... Lindsay Hamilton find it necessary to go full glutton meal. Full. I I like to treat myself a lot. Right. As I you think should. you should As indulge. Should. Right. You should indulge. You should enjoy these small pleasures of life. So yeah. if it's a Friday, and I'm like, okay, it was a good good week of shows. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna head into the weekend. Maybe that. Uh, I like to the first time I do anything different. So, like, the first time I hosted a Leafs panel or oh. the first time I did, like, Bob McKenzie's show, I'm like, you get to treat yourself. Like, I you did it. something different. McDonald's is a great <laughs> so way to I treat, treat myself with McDee's. Do you, we were talking about this before we came on, and we have to discuss it. The late nights, um, it's a tricky thing with food. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you, you. I've seen a lot of people, not so much in front of the camera, but behind the scenes, struggle with their weight because it's weird you get home from a shift you're starving you're like i'll have a few bites of this or that and next thing you know you put on 25 pounds yeah. so um how are you how have you found that whole process working at night and, i mean it's weird because yeah. I, I was telling you earlier i tried to pick everyone else's brain when i first got into late night tv because i'm like what's the secret here do you go to yeah. sleep right away do you eat your dinner at 11 p.m which seems really odd but mm -hmm. if you're up until three right you're starving yep and again because i was doing morning tv before my whole clock kind of just went woo through the <laughs> through the blender a little bit but i like to eat hmm, probably on my way to the studio and then i definitely eat after the show too i know when you say you eat after the show do you eat like a usually full a little meal? snack oh, uh, a little snack. yeah like and i try to keep that healthy right so here's the thing i love chocolate i love desserts i love sweets i make sure i have some 
little bit of chocolate every single day. Right. And I balance it by eating just a lot of probably boring, healthy food for like 90% of my meals. Right. So I'll be the person who has like the salad and the cheesecake brownie dessert. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's that's fair. That's how you do it. I think um, it's tough. I bring a snack now that I eat at approximately, so our show's live at midnight. I eat approximately 10.30, the snack, and I find I'm good for the rest of the night. And what's your snack? It'll be apples. It'll be, if my wife makes banana muffins, it'll be a banana Ooh, muffin. If, delicious. Uh, maybe it's a granola bar. Maybe it's uh, a little bit baby bell cheese. Oh, just a little something, something yeah, to tide you over. Yeah, a few things in there. And then maybe nothing not after that, though? Like, nothing once you have that, that snack? I find I'm good now after that. And that took me a long time to figure that out because I Ooh. was the same as you, like... And I would just eat junk food after the show. I remember my wife always tells a story. You know what lardo is? My like, wife. Like, like essentially just bacon fat. Yes, I do. I remember Stoff is like so excited. <laughs> my wife oh, told no. me. She told me oh, no. that once she found me at like four in the morning. Because they, they slice lardo up like so thin, right? And so you can put it on crackers or, or, or uh, bread or whatever. So I had just gone into the fridge and just grabbed it out of the fridge, out of the package, and just started eating it by the handful. Oh, And when no. she found me, I had this, like, um, wax paper on my chest. No more lardo on it. All in my tummy, though. Mm. Just the wax paper on my chest. What an image. Just passed out. She was like, Jesus Christ. And that's when she looked at you and she realized just how lucky yeah, she is to be ex- your wife. She wanted to lock it down. Yeah. That was before we got married. She oh, like, well, before the wedding. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. You have to expose expose that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a, a stash of usually treats in my glove box compartment that I'll, right. you know, have a little something, something on my way home. Oh, but that's nothing good. too big, but what, just something so to tide me over. What's in the glove uh, box? What kinds? It, it varies. Like, uh, right now, I have a really good stash of mini candy canes because it's seasonal. <laughs> right, Actually, right. you know what I like to do? This is for anyone listening. If you're a coffee drinker, and I'm a big one. Unwrap a mini candy cane, pop it in your coffee. Mm. Heavenly. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like you should host like a food, a food show, show or like, um, yeah, like almost like an entertaining show, like like something mm. like that. You know? Well, that was the nice thing, you know, about hosting the late night show first with Natasha Staniszewski yes. and then with Kara Wegland because they both like to bake. They do. And some people at the network don't like to indulge as much as I do. I will eat anything and everything people bring in. So they bring the baked goods. I sample them. I taste test them. It was a pretty good gig I had going. You're like, you've got a great gig going yeah. there. I feel like you really do. Well, listen, this has been awesome having you on the podcast. It's been fun. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. Been nice to get to know you a little bit better and uh, stuff. Uh, what do you think? I, this is my my last podcast of the year, I think. Wow. Oh, actually, we might have a surprise one. Do you think you could do a podcast with me Thursday? <laughs> surprise. <laughs> is this a surprise for me? It uh, is a surprise. I just realized it. I you can't so. say no. I there might so. be a solo. I might be do a solo podcast Thursday. I'll talk to you about right. that after. But this is a nice tease for that. Perfect. There's someone that has wanted to be on the podcast. She can only do this Thursday. And I do want to get her on. So I think maybe we'll do two this week. Wow. I mean, that is intriguing. Well, that's that's a great right? tease How's right that? there. Now yeah. everyone's going to be listening. Right. She's a um, prominent sports media personality Ooh. that we've never had on before. So maybe the podcast listeners can guess. I don't think they will. I will just say NFL related. 
NFL related, what she does. Okay. okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, so that might come out Thursday if we get motivated. We're not maybe, promising anything. Maybe not. What are my uh, characteristics here? Fussy and a worrier. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that at all. If it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you're not fussy. I'm not fussy. So, uh, but other than, than that, uh, Dan's back next week. Absolutely. And then Dan's back the week after. And then I guess it's Christmas. We'll probably yeah, won't be here so. for Christmas. Uh, so then I'll see you in the new year, buddy. You got it. All right. This is very emotional. I feel really... Last of 2020. Yeah. You made it. We well really, done. We did a lot of them. Lindsay was asking about us doing the pods in from home. Oh, yeah. I, I they all turned we, out fine. I don't think we missed a week, to be honest. No. That's oh, impressive. No, we kept crushing it. The Wi-Fi was iffy from my house, but... And, and now my laptop's dead, so... <laughs> there were casualties along so the way. So problems. So you hardly made it, but you but made, but it. made it. We sputtered to the finish line, but here we are. Yeah. I know what you mean about the Wi-Fi. When I was doing SportsCenter from home, I had the Wi-Fi conk out at me minutes before a live show. Right. That oh, wasn't God. stressful. No, that's no. not stressful at all. Yeah. Yeah, Wi-Fi. But now we're in studio. But, Thank uh, the Lord. Bell 5, rock solid. Yes, it Go is. for it. Um... Thank you, McDonald's, for being a great sponsor. Thanks, Lindsay, for co-hosting. Thank you, Max Kerman, for being our guest. And, Christoph, thank you so much for being the best producer in the world. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll uh, chat with you guys maybe later this week. Maybe. Or maybe in 2020. Who knows? Bye-bye. They're going home.
You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello. I am not well. I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.